forever. Dog. Just between us. Hey. Just between us. Hey. Hello. I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, director, and nighttime snacker, baby. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and rabble rouser. Oh, what have you rabbled lately? I'm what just... Have you, what have you roused? <laughs> um, I just I just got out of therapy and I was talking about my burning of bridges and getting a grip on needing to say my opinion about everything. <laughs> and... And she was kind of like, well, is it instances where your opinion's been asked for? And I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Have you been doling out a lot of opinions lately? No, I'm off Twitter. So no more opinions. If you want my opinions, you got to pay for my opinions. My opinions are here on this podcast and pay me to write an essay. My opinions pay me to make a video or a book about my opinions. Otherwise, no more opinions for free. Does Mal have to pay you for your opinion? Uh, No, no, no. That I give freely. (laughs) Mal also gives their opinion quite freely. Oh, Uh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a quick uh, like gender update. Uh Not really an update, but I don't think there's an end point. But I did put she, they on my profile for pronouns. Oh. That's just like a little message of like, hey, whatever you guys want to do is fine. Both completely fine. Just a little sort of like acknowledgement of like, hi, you know, how did it feel to do that? Well, I did it before I had said anything on this podcast. And then I would and then a few people messaged me to be like, hey, I noticed that you have she they on your profile. Uh, What does that mean? And then I would sweat. And I would not answer the message. And I would be like, shut up. You shut the fuck up. Uh, stop it. But I was testing myself, which I think like people sort of do little tests sometimes. I have a friend who just, uh, AMAB person who just posted a picture wearing makeup and was like sweating. I was Aww. like, I don't know. Uh, just this picture. It's a joke. Is it a joke? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and I was like, just be like, you look hot. Who cares? But um, yeah, it's easy to say that to somebody else, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I was like imagining that I would make this whole speech of like, and this is what it is and whatever. But like a lot of people have been very, I think seeing other people has been really helpful. Like I think people like India Moore and Rhea Butcher and even sort of when Gigi Good came out on Drag Race, there's been like people that have made this like, more have been great examples. There's this actor, Quintessa, who was on Trinkets, who's like a femme presenting person who uses they, them. Cola Scola uses they, them. So like, I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of people that are being more visible. And and I've noticed that. I think that a lot of people are going to come out of quarantine with different genders and sexualities than they went into quarantine with. (laughs) Because I think people having, being able to spend time alone and think about Mm -hmm. it and being able to 
like dress how you want or change or whatever, Mm -hmm. like has made people, I think people are, I think we're going to come out of quarantine with a lot of people dressing how they want, experimenting with makeup in a different way, like figuring out more stuff about like what their actual gender is without having to like go into an office and present a certain way. Like Mm -hmm. it's very interesting. And I'm reading this book called Detransition Baby by Tori Peters, which I think made the bestseller list. And it's it's really good. It's a novel and um, I would recommend it. Drew and I were reading it and we were both like, it felt so inside baseball of queerness that we were both like had the reaction of like, is this allowed? Like people are going <laughs> to like people are going to see this. Like yeah. we can't like this is they can't. You know. weren't invited to the meetings. Yeah, I was kind of like you. You can't know like you can't know. <laughs> oh, my God. People are going to know like this isn't a book now. Like it was good and stressful. What is the premise of the book? This trans woman was in a serious relationship with this other trans woman and the second trans woman detransitioned mm-hmm. and went back to presenting male and then started a relationship with a cis woman and then got that cis woman pregnant. And she had always talked like the two women when they were dating had always talked about having a baby. And so mm-hmm. the first the the ex is like so jealous and furious that this person was able to get this cis woman pregnant and that that's all this trans woman wants is to have a baby. And like Mm -hmm. it got stolen from her basically by this person going back to presenting male. And so right now I'm at the point in the book where the person who detransitioned is like, what, what if we all raise the baby together? And so I think that's the premise. Wow. Yeah. Now that's a sitcom I'd love to watch. Yeah. I think it's about, I think it's about like womanhood and what it means and like Mm -hmm. motherhood and what it means. And, but it's just so, yeah, it's really good. So I I would recommend that if people want to pick it up. Mm. What pronouns would you like me to use on this show moving forward or week to week? Oh, whatever. I don't, I don't, whichever is, whatever is fine. Cheyenne, my sister used they in a comment. I never, I have not had a conversation with her, but she used they in a comment about me on the JBU podcast Instagram. And I was like, yeah, I saw I, that. <laughs> so I think she's not paying attention. And then sometimes she'll, she'll be like, no, I've been listening. She always pays attention. I guess, but I like never have any. It was funny because Mal, I was like, my parents are great. And my mom was like very understanding about stuff, but she bought a t-shirt that was like something about my daughter to do with me. And I was like, Ugh. and I was like, I don't want to say anything. Cause she like, I, I, it's not not true, but it's like, I don't know. And I felt a little weird. And then Mal was like, why don't you have Cheyenne talk to her? And I was like, why? Because you chickened out and you made your little sister talk to your parents. Like Mal, Mal didn't come out as trans to their parents. Mal made Steffi. Oh, really? Yeah. So Mal was like, why don't you get Cheyenne to do it? And I was like, that's not, you can't just. (laughs) Why not? You can do whatever you want. That's not a thing. You can't like, you can't like the, the little sisters of the world are not. (laughs) That's like not a, 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 but they said it as if like, yeah, just get Chai to do it. (laughs) It's all good. I think, you know, I think that women of that age are very feministy in a way that is very gendered. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like even with like the pussy hats, like at the yeah. women's march and stuff, like I feel like I admire. I think like you laid some groundwork. Like you did a lot of like, you know, you did a lot of work and like 
a prior guest, Daryl Bullock, who talked about LGBTQ music, was saying that the women's music and feminist and women's rights movement was like dovetailed with queer women and, and lesbian music and that kind of stuff. So like it's always been like pretty tied up with each other. And I don't want to begrudge history. I think like context in history is really important. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to just come come barreling in being like, and now it's this way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I but I, I also think that, you know, my mom and I talk all the time about how, th- you know, not that things have changed, but awareness has changed. Mm-hmm. And like how, you know, it wasn't that people in the past had bad intentions necessarily. It was that there was just like a lot less awareness. And it's not like people shouldn't have been aware. It just like wasn't as yeah, easily wh- where accessible. would they read it? Yeah, right, exactly. Where, w- where would they see it? Where would they yeah, read it? Exactly. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, we get sometimes people writing into the show asking us about feminism and about like if they if we feel it excludes certain people, if we feel it excludes like black women a lot of the time. And we've never really been able to land on an answer for that. But I know we get asked it a lot, like in emails and stuff. I mean, to me, I use the basic bones of feminism. Exactly. So it's just that everyone's equal. Yeah. Um, and that like that the idea that men are superiors is false. <laughs> but I used to, you know, what's interesting is that obviously you've known me this whole time. I used to like have, you know, I had this mug that said male tears and I used to like be like very like anti-men. Yeah. And like, and like I've come back around to being like, it's really not that simple. Mm -hmm. it's like a very big oversimplification of like what women and men are. Mm -hmm. And I think I have gone from like level one of Mario to like level four of Mario. And now I'm like, you know, closer to saving princess peach. Definitely. Anyway, (laughs) uh, I totally got that. Um, This is just between us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice, ridiculous games and brutal honesty. Can you lightly, before we start, embarrass our producer, Melissa, and say what you got her for her birthday? I had told Melissa a long time ago that I would I would set her up with someone, but I have failed miserably. Sure. Um, and as we all know, I'm a huge proponent of dating apps. I think it's a great way to meet people. I think it's a great way to dip your toe in in a less scary way. Um, so I got her a six-month subscription of like Hinge Premium. <laughs> And ha- what was her reaction? Uh, she didn't really write back for a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we can bring it up with her again at the end. But I do think that that's such a fun, funny gift. And also, I just talked to a friend. You know, you think the pandemic or whatever. I just talked to a friend of mine from college, my friend Charlie, and he met his girlfriend on Bumble during the pandemic. Totally. I, I was talking to someone who said people got engaged over the pandemic and they met during the pandemic. Like, there are wow. no rules. Do whatever works. Yeah, they, he said they met up outside like three times and then got tested. And I was like, that, that's perfect. Yeah, I was like, holy moly. We'll bring it back to that about Melissa at the end. So stay tuned for Melissa's response. <laughs> um, but we've got a great episode for you guys today and also a great one coming up for you on Friday. We didn't even say the biggest news of all is that this episode is our 100th episode. Yeah! So because of that, later we are going to be discussing the best advice we've given or received in all our time as the co-hosts of JBU. Uh-huh. And when we return from break, we're going to answer a listener's 
very long and in-depth but interesting question. (laughs) (laughs) Stick around. We're back. Hit it. International question. International question. International question. Anonymous. So the TLDR of a a rather lengthy email, but I think we'll get into it because it's it's fascinating. <laughs> is how do you compassionately break up with someone who is still in love with you? Oh no, dear Gabby and Allison. Hello, I've been listening to you both since high school, and your old couch and sketch and this is what you want videos have meant a lot to me. I have been rewatching a lot of JBU videos recently, and it's weird, but it feels like coming home. Thank you for uh. that and for everything you both do. Last June, my fiance broke off our engagement quite suddenly. And then boy, oh boy, I feel like I have been careening from one bad decision to another. For starters, I downloaded Tinder way too soon after the breakup. However, after a few stops and starts, I began talking to one person. Let's call her Peppa Pig, if I may be so bold. Okay, this Peppa, person's British. No, Peppa Pig is is across borders. Everyone knows Peppa but Pig. But Peppa herself is British. So I'm going to assume this person is British. Oh, maybe. Sure. Okay. Peppa is passionate, intelligent, social justice minded, and most importantly, can carry one hell of a bit. Ugh. Peppa and I talked on a daily basis for months until we decided to meet up. Two dates fly by and I was starting to fall for Peppa, not a sentence I ever expected to type. Unfortunately, due to COVID circumstances, Peppa had to return to her family in a different time zone. We agreed to keep texting with no definite labels or promises. I could write a few paragraphs, not to mention spend a good many hours of therapy dissecting the next bit, but I'll keep it short. <laughs> it's not that short. Okay. <laughs> I became insecure about what I had with Peppa and re-downloaded Tinder. From my stint on Tinder, I began talking to another person. Let's call her Moira. Moira came on quite strong, saying, I love you on the second (gasps) date. Wanting to be in a relationship, despite me saying I wasn't looking for a relationship, and became distraught when I didn't reciprocate her affection. Oh, no. Once again, who the fuck knows what I was thinking, but I eventually decided to enter into a relationship with Moira, and I texted Peppa asking to be friends. Peppa graciously accepted and said that she would be more than happy to be friends. Though Moira had initially said that I could be friends with Peppa, she became jealous of our texting conversations. To be fair, there was reason reason to be jealous because I realized that I was having trouble myself transitioning my feelings for Peppa from romantic to platonic. Eventually, I came clean to Moira that while I loved her, I still had lingering feelings for Peppa. Moira gave me an ultimatum, me versus her type of deal, and I cut off contact with Peppa. This is an incredible novel. I know. I want to see this on screen. Okay. With these names. (laughs) Yes, 100%. (laughs) However... Nearing the two-month mark with Moira, I realized two things. One, we are not on the same page. Oh, you think? (laughs) Moira was talking to me about spending forever together. And after such a serious breakup mere months ago, I wasn't ready to be in a forever relationship. Two, the relationship was lacking in some key features for me. I wasn't able to talk to Moira about the things that I was passionate about. Re-social justice and politics. Though we are aligned politically, she wasn't interested in talking about it. And we didn't slash couldn't banter. Oof, that's Uh so important. That's really tough. Okay. Three. In retrospect, there were some unhealthy behaviors, such as her getting mad at me for finding someone on TV attractive and her getting mad at me for asking if she was moving to Toronto for me. Oh, no. Breaking up with Moira was the hardest thing I had ever done, including the broken engagement. 
that's very interesting. There was panic, begging for me to take her back, admitting that she had moved to Toronto because of us, anger, telling me that it would take her years to get over us, etc. I felt and still feel gut-wrenchingly horrible for having done that to her. I also feel a ton of regret surrounding me cutting ties with Peppa, and I know that I want her back in my life in whatever capacity that may be, most likely friendship. How do you compassionately break up with someone who is still in love with you? This is my first time breaking up with someone. Always been the dumpy. <laughs> Any advice on apologizing to Peppa? No worries if you can't get to this one on the podcast. Even typing into the void has been helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your work and sending love to you both. This was my. Fa- wow. This is my favorite. Sh- <laughs> this is this email is my favorite TV show of 2021. <laughs> oh, boy. Also, I have a lot of questions. So. So Moira said, I love you on the second date, but they didn't live in the same city. Yeah. If she moved. So what did that entail? Like, was she traveling to Toronto for these dates? Uh, Okay. Here's the thing. Uh Uh-huh. It is a bit of a manipulative trap when someone says, I love you on the second date because you're forced to reciprocate or lose them. And if you are just getting started, you don't want to lose them. But if you... I would. If somebody said that to me on the second date, because I would be like, you just don't know me. So I don't think that I don't think that your idea of love is realistic. And I don't want to be with somebody who doesn't understand what love is. Yeah. Like that can't tell the difference between like love and infatuation. Okay, but think about like this person just came off a broken engagement. What is that like? Sounds terrible. I know, but you're very (laughs) okay. But I'm saying you're very healthy. Like you would not allow this to happen to you. Mm -hmm. And I think. You at an earlier time, maybe you wouldn't have been this way. So I think that like I've heard of friends who have gotten divorced or who have, you know, broken up long term relationships. And the next person they date, they're like saying I love you really quickly because they're so used to saying I love you. So that's my big fear. I have is that I don't know how to date because I just know how to live with someone now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I don't know what it what it's going to be like to just like see someone like a couple times a week and not mm-hmm. like have our lives be like fully integrated with each other. Yeah. I remember hearing about a friend or some friend of mine, I can't remember who, probably for the best, who was like I my partner and I used to always say I love you while we were having sex. And then I didn't know how to have sex with people without saying I love you. Yeah. And so that is rough. Like, I, I think, like, it, it would be easy to transfer those. That's why I can understand where this person came from, because I, it's easy to transfer over those feelings mm-hmm. and just go, well, let me pick up where I am personally mm-hmm. and just, like, let's pick up where I was with this other person and just slot you in. But I will say that I know that you are feeling a lot of the guilt on this, but you tried to establish boundaries with this person that they crashed through Mm -hmm. you know like you said you didn't want a serious relationship and then they didn't respect that Mm -hmm. I'm having a real reckoning right because obviously my thesis on this show used to be you should break up (laughs) you know I was (laughs) like I was very much like if it's not working for you 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 know you don't owe them anything like get out of there like you know what I mean yeah but then having been the recipient of a a rash and abrupt and shocking breakup, my thoughts have have really changed. But again, context matters so much. Like Jake and I were engaged to be married. That's what I'm saying. A wedding date. We lived together. Yeah. There's there's, there's going to be different levels of of what is 
respectful to provide your partner with during a breakup mm-hmm. based on where kind of relationship it is. So yeah. if you have been dating for like three months, I think it's like very valid to like sit someone down and be like, hey, you know, I'm really sorry, but like this isn't working out for me. I just don't see us having a long term future. Like I wish you all the best. And mm-hmm. then that be it. Whereas I think that when you are in a much more committed relationship, like we've talked about, it has to feel like a mutual decision unless Mm -hmm. there's abuse. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to feel like your partner is being included in that decision because you're making a huge, huge, huge life decision for this other person and for them to not have any say in it or even feel like they were a part of the decision making process even, you know, at all is so traumatic. Mm-hmm. And like, again, unless that person was abusive to you, you d- they don't deserve to be treated that way. Yeah. I like that this person knows that they downloaded Tinder really quickly. I am curious about feeling insecure and so re-downloading Tinder. Like, I think perhaps you feel abandoned or lonely and you want control over like how many, you want to have multiple irons in the fire. To like have control over, well, if Peppa goes away, then at least I have that, you know, like, which is like understandable. But I think that's you being in like a fight or flight mode that like is not going to serve you. Well, there's a difference between wanting to be in a relationship and needing to be in a relationship. Yes, correct. Adrenaline, anxiety. Yeah. Like I can't handle not having someone serving that role Mm -hmm. in my life. I can't handle not getting that level of attention from someone all day or, you know, versus I can be alone, but I would prefer my lifestyle to be with a partner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's like a a tricky gray area. But it seems like this person is pretty self-aware enough to know which one they are. (laughs) Yeah. Look, you can't control. You're saying like, what's the best way to break up with someone who's still in love with you? I think a conversation, but you can't control what, the other person like Moira begging and panicking like that's on her like that's her reaction like she you can't control her reaction you can't control what she does like you have to remain firm in what you want there's there's nothing you can do to like be like let how can I do this in the way that this person's reaction is what I what I want or or isn't just distressing to me the word that you need here is compassion so how do I break up with someone who still loves me you break up with them compassionately What does that look like? I think that's like a validating that this is difficult, that you know that you are hurting them, that you know that maybe they didn't see this coming, that Mm -hmm. you that you, you know, you wish this weren't the case and that like you understand if they're mad at you, you understand Mm -hmm. if like they're disappointed in you and and you're really sorry but like ultimately you know this is what is best for me and at the end of the day you deserve somebody who's all in and unfortunately that's just like not where I'm at right now is this something that you've you've learned this from your own experience that that's what you would want someone to say I guess so I guess I'm sick of being blindsided so I want there to be multiple conversations, if I'm being honest. I want there to be, I'm feeling this way. But again, this is about how serious the relationship is. So if I've yeah. gone out with someone three times, I don't need multiple conversations. Oh, believe <laughs> me. And I've had people want that. <laughs> but I, I do, you know, when I broke up with Doyle, I came home from a trip in New York and I said, you know, I've really been s- struggling and I've been thinking that maybe this isn't right and I don't know what to do. 
And I kind of almost broke up with him. And then we had a conversation and then we didn't. And then we tried. And then like a month later, maybe we both like acknowledged it wasn't working and we moved on. So I I really Mm -hmm. think that there is something to be said about there being multiple conversations or at least bringing up like when you first have doubts, like bringing that up. Exactly. Bringing so that the person knows what's going on with you and saying, look, like, I know this is sucks to hear and I don't know my answer right now. And and, but I I just want you to know where I'm at. And I think we need to maybe be checking in more about Mm -hmm. this relationship and about if it's serving both of us. And Mm -hmm. and so because it's really the abruptness that I think is so trauma, it can be really, really traumatizing Mm -hmm. Um, because then you also have this whole thing of like, were they faking the whole time? Yeah. How was any of it real? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, so last night when we had a great time together, did they have a great time or they were faking? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so cluing your partner in sooner, like when those doubts are happening, I think is the most compassionate way to go. You're giving like a chance to be like, OK, so is this something we could work through or not? Right. And just letting them brace themselves like, you, you know, yeah. you're letting them brace themselves for impact. Well, you know, what's funny when I was breaking up with Eli, it was like. For the week before, I was kind of like saying things. And then he was like, what are you doing? Are you buttering me up to break up with me? And I was like, uh, and he was like, because he's so blunt. He was like, what are you doing? You're buttering me up. And I was like, ah, I don't know. And then like, and then like an hour later, because he had said that, I was like, okay. And I just like told him the truth. But I don't know if he liked that I was sort of dropping hints for a week. (laughs) But hints are different than sitting your partner down and saying, I'm having these significant doubts. Yeah. And I feel like it is only fair for me to share them with you. What do you think about that? Well, that is how I broke up with him because my therapist had told me to do that. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, after that one conversation, he was saying things that I was like, "Okay, what your responses are is not this isn't going to work. I don't. But again, that feels more like a conversation than someone sitting you down and saying, I'm done. I'm not working on this. See you never. I wonder if giving him some hints, like not being super, giving him some hints that I was like on the way out was helpful maybe for that week ahead of time. I think that that's a, like that's like the 25 year old version of how to deal with it. And we're looking at the 30, 45, 50 year old yeah, version yeah, of how yeah, to deal yeah. with it. You know? Yeah. I did that to Gondelman too, I'm remembering. Like he was like, so when we go see my parents for Passover and I was like, well, I don't think I'll be there. And he was like, what? And I was like, I just, I don't think we should plan on me being there in like, in like three weeks. And he was like, why? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, because I don't think we'll be together. No, it's tough. It's really tough. But, you know, because also how icky is it to feel like you're keeping something from your partner? Yeah. So in a way, it's honestly a little bit easier for you to just tell them the truth the whole time. Yeah, I know. What should they do to reach out to Peppa? Peppa seems very reasonable. Very reasonable. I think I would just reach out and say like, hey, I know it's been a a long time. Moira and I parted ways. And I know it was really shitty of me to not be able to talk to you. But if you are open to us being friends again, I would love that. Yeah, be like, I was, you know, I realize now that the ultimatum was a red flag and I'm sorry and I will be an attentive and and good friend to you. 
I think it's like taking ownership of of the the negative role that you played. Absolutely. And then also not having any expectations, not expecting, making it seem like you're expecting them to forgive you Mm -hmm. or making it seem like you're expecting them to just let you back into their life. But putting it out there like that's what I would like and I would love that. But I understand if like that ship has sailed and like that's not something you're interested in. Yeah. And this doesn't apply. Obviously, if the relationship was abusive, you can just... Dip. Right. So that's the disclaimer of all yeah. of this. Once a partner has crossed that boundary into abuse, whether it is emotional or psychological or spiritual or domestic um, or, or physical violence or physical. Yeah. yeah. Then no rules apply. You're you're good to go. Yeah. You're yeah, good yeah, to yeah. just leave. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that was helpful. I, you know, I'm rooting for you and Peppa, but I'm also I'm also just rooting for you to heal, you know, and I think it's been a turbulent time in your life. And so I'm, I'm hoping for some calm for you coming up and take some time to yourself. Do not redownload Tinder right now. <laughs> if you want to submit your international question, send it to just between us pod at gmail dot com. That's just between us pod at gmail dot com. Stick around after the break. We're going to be discussing the best advice we've ever heard or made up (laughs) or made up. (laughs) Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for topics. X, 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 baby. So as we mentioned, this is numero hundred. This is our 100th episode of the podcast. 100th episode. We did it. We did it. 100 up. Now we can go into syndication. Yeah, exactly. That's a joke for no one. (laughs) That's a joke for 90 sitcom writers. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) In honor of this wonderful episode, we've been giving advice now for years. Uh, Oh, wow. I think long before we knew anything. I don't think we know anything now. I think we do. We have some wisdom. We've learned. We've grown in public. Uh, <laughs> so I, I wanted to go over like what what advice do you pull from in your life? Like what what things like drive you? What do you think of that gives you strength? What what has really helped you? Uh, you know, I made a list. Did you? No, but I went back and watched some of our old <laughs> YouTube videos. First of all, I went back. So I've I've watched the sketches for funsies, but like I went back and watched some of the couch shows were hilarious. Oh, really? What happened? Where I what do you, you mean now? We're not hilarious. <laughs> oh, wow. No, we're like we're like very funny. Um, yeah, because we were playing caricatures. So it was easier to be funny. No, I think we're funny now. But I also think that when you're playing a caricature. It's really you're, easy. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you have all these jokes because you're like such a ridiculous, you're playing like a such a heightened version. Yeah. So those episodes, we were giving advice, which I think was like pretty good. I will say, are, is this advice that we've given or mm. what advice have you written down? Nothing. I uh, Very little that I've given. Mostly, I mean, I've given it because I've heard it, but not like things. Okay. There's maybe only one that I've created. <laughs> Two things that I've learned. One thing I learned from you was... The importance of like pleasantries, like Ah. the importance of 
saying, hi, how are you? Or mm-hmm. putting a smiley face in an email or <laughs> uh, or like signing off with thank you, even though the other person didn't really do anything. I, I think that one thing that has changed a lot is my ability to be like, I don't really understand why this needs to happen, but I understand that other people like it. So I will proceed yeah. in that manner. And so that was something that that you taught me. And then I think also like, advice that you have given me is like boundaries too. Like there was a period in our friendship where you were very helpful in terms of like a relative of mine that I needed to cut out of my life Mm -hmm. where I felt I couldn't. And you were very pragmatically like, no, you absolutely can. (laughs) (laughs) You you absolutely don't have to see this person anymore. So that was, I those are two things that I thought of just now in terms of like things that I think have changed my life. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the last point kind of brings up like my new mantra or guiding light is really thinking about what is it isn't serving you, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I think sometimes it's like good or bad, you know, and it's that can be like nebulous. But like, is this relationship serving me? Are these behaviors serving me? Like is, you know, and that and then I think a lot of times with relationships, especially you can say, is the current relationship serving me mm-hmm. regardless of what happened in the past? Right. Um, and then another one that like has, is somewhat new is, you know, because I started teaching, uh, someone messaged me on Instagram and was basically like, I had posted about like that it was going to be my first night teaching or whatever. And someone was like, you know, what you got to do is, is, is pull from all of the teachers that were good teachers. You know, what were mm-hmm. they doing that you liked? And so that's really like a new thing I'm trying to think about a lot is like modeling behavior. So mm-hmm. like if I'm going to do something new, what have I experienced in that realm? Even not even new, but like what interactions have I have that have gone well and how can I mirror them? And then mm-hmm. one instance in particular where I was like in this part of this web series and it had a horrible director, just like a toxic awful director. And I learned a lot there about what not to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that like, for me, the advice is really like observe the people around you and mm-hmm. pull what is working and then make sure you avoid what you don't like in mm-hmm. your own behaviors. Yeah. It's hard for me to do that too, because I, I there are sometimes where I'll be like, that person really rubs me the wrong way and I don't know why. And then mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, it's because this is how you've, you're acting. <laughs> So that's um, projection, right? A hundred percent. I've learned a lot about vulnerability and like that you don't always have to look right and you don't always have to be the person who is the one who knows the most. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I never used to say, I don't know. I used to feel like I had to present like a, an argument rather than just say, I'm sorry. Like I had to like present like exhibit A, exhibit B, here's my defense. <laughs> and so like the the amount to which I just say, I don't know, or I'm sorry now is like totally different because like you said, it wasn't serving me. And I think when we're younger, it's like scarier to not know. Yeah. Where I think as you get older, you realize how little anyone knows and like everyone's still fine. Like, I don't know anything, anything. and that's okay. <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't yeah. know shit. I don't know. My therapist today was like, it was something about like, do you know how you feel? And I was like, almost never. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I think like I was so sure of so many things and I'm more open. Like I'm more, mm-hmm. I feel more open to like, I don't know. What's this going to be? What's that going to be? I don't know. 
Totally. I would love advice about career jealousy because I think I still struggle a lot. I really am trying. I've worked like that's the thing I've worked on so much. Like I really, really, really try. And still like last week, I like had a full meltdown where I, where someone else's achievement made me be like, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I've never done anything in my life. I should die. And it's like, yeah. because someone else made a movie, <laughs> like you, someone made a movie. So you should die. Like why, why is that still a, a, you know, like you think you, you, you think you've become so enlightened and then something happens and you're like, I'm just, I'm just what I want. Same as it always was, baby. But you know, did that meltdown maybe last less time than it would have in the past? Probably. And a week out, you're able to like see it with a bit more clarity. Yeah. So the whole thing is, it's not that you're never going to, feel certain ways anymore i think it's like your recovery time is faster the way the amount that it affects you is faster but you'll still have flare-ups of everything i mean i still really struggle with career jealousy it's horrible yeah it's tough (laughs) but i really i really liked like what our global career guy was saying on the podcast about how like we have this like scarcity mentality where Mm -hmm. like only like there's only a certain amount of things that can go around, but that's not true. Like there can be so many movies and so many projects. And so I that's know. been a big shift that's been helpful for me. It's like just because they have this doesn't mean I can't have blank. Our friend uh, that I reached out to because I was like, hey, I, I, I'm, I, have, I like having friends who are also petty. So I can be like, <laughs> hi, like shout out to Brittany Nichols, who's so petty. And also uh, Kirsten King, who will indulge in pettiness with me. And Josh Gondelman, huge pettiness. Um, it was sort of like this thing of like everyone is on their own timeline. Like you don't even want this thing. Why are you acting like you want this when you don't even want this? You're just like <laughs> upset that someone else like did a thing that like isn't even like it's not even what you want. Like gain perspective. Kirsten said Imagine you five years ago, how excited they would be for you now. Mm -hmm. But even if that's not true, because things change so much, think about how much you've learned and how different things are than you thought. And that maybe in five years, things will be even more different. And in five years, things will be even more different. You can't even predict what's going to happen. We didn't even know that YouTube was going to be a thing. And then YouTube existed. Like, you don't know. Maybe maybe in five years, I'll make a movie that's projected into everyone's eyeballs. Like, who knows? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> You're like, I don't actually want to buy a ticket to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that I'm letting go of long-term plans. That's I'm trying thing. to yes. think a lot more of like short term plans and like um, because I can't predict long term. Mm-hmm. And then I think the the biggest lesson that I learned from my broken engagement. And this is something I've heard but now, like I truly believe in love is a skill. Mm. It's not just a feeling. And like, yes. what matters the most, what matters is compa- like compatibility. Mm-hmm. 40%. Mm-hmm. And then 60% is like a commitment to making it work, <laughs> the, you know, and like, it's not some magical thing where like, you just have to find your person and then it, everything will be fine mm-hmm, and easy mm-hmm. and then whatever. And like, if it's, and if it's not your exact match, then, then, then you'll break up so that you can find your true person. Like, mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. And I really believe that it's like about finding someone who you like enjoy, who you are friends with, who you are attracted to, and then making it work. And then I was talking talking to Shiva, who's been on the podcast, and she was saying, you know, I view it sort of like that, that it's not like you meet your soulmate, you like become soulmates. 
through like the work that you do together. And -hmm. I think that's so beautiful. And that's something that I'm really trying to carry with me moving forward. And I think that's why so many people have a hard time picking a partner yeah. And like people want a partner, but then they find out, you know, but it's it's like it's like making the decision that like this person is who I'm I'm in with. And so let's fucking figure it out. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you know? Speaking of romantic figuring it out, Melissa, uh, what's up with Hinge? <laughs> um, I couldn't tell you exactly what's up with Hinge because I haven't downloaded it yet. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to like I, I told you guys um, before I have been working a lot like mm-hmm. 18 hour days and uh-huh. I've recently uh, promoted someone that works with me and they're working full time now so that takes a lot of time so now I need to figure out me yeah that's not working all the time um, right and so I need to take some time to figure that out and then I'll move to the next step but I'm very thankful that Allison got that for me you weren't mad no i wasn't mad (laughs) (laughs) no i think it's a very thoughtful gift well it's it's a little pushy so i was i was worried about that but also but but I was like, you know, at the end of the day, you could choose not to do it. You could use the money. I just take the money. Yeah, exactly. No, I think I think that's a that would be a shitty thing to do um, because I understand the intention behind mm-hmm. the gift, especially since we have made that deal a long time ago. And so I really, I really thought it was a thoughtful gift, and Aww. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so glad you like it. And when you meet your future spouse, I can brag about that at your wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allison gets to make a speech. Yes. <clears throat> That's how I felt. Fa- I went back in my emails and I found that um, Brittany Nichols is who in- initially introduced me and Mal. So I was like, you get to do a tight five at the wedding. <laughs> like, <laughs> start That's writing your set now. <laughs> nice. I introduced one of our good friends with someone that Jake knew and they're still together. And so oh. part of me is like, maybe the whole reason for my relationship was so I could, I could introduce these two people. <gasps> I like thinking wow. of it like that. That's yeah. how I, my ex, I think about the reason I dated my ex was so that they could give me beans, my dog mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and whatever pain that went through, it was okay because I ended up with beans and that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah. I mentioned earlier that I came up with one of the advices, yeah, <laughs> which isn't a word, but I was, again, I was talking to Shiva for a, a video for the emotional support lady Patreon. And we were talking about post-traumatic growth, which is this concept that like, like going through trauma can actually cause you to, to really grow mm-hmm. and to, you know, even reach like a higher level of clarity and functionality and like change in, in really positive ways. Mm-hmm. But the problem there is that sometimes people are like, well, isn't it great that this trauma happened to you? Oof, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't agree with that at all. And I don't think that it's like, oh, I needed this horrible thing to happen in order for me to become this. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, there's like a lot of terms about like, you know, what it was the meaning of something. And so for me, it's like, I think you have to make the meaning of the situation versus like finding the meaning Mm -hmm. because finding the meaning implies it was always there. And it was like meant for you to, to find it. But like, I think it's like you, you're like, okay, I'm in this shitty situation. How do I make meaning out of this? For you? I think it's the, the mental health community you're building, which is, which is not something that's happening to you. That's an active choice. 
But that's what I mean. Like, it's like, yeah. it, like you make the meaning of what happened to you versus like, it's some inevitable thing. And like, that's why this terrible thing had to happen. Yeah. Um, I hate, I hate that reason. I yeah. do too. I do too. Melissa, what, what is your favorite advice? Oh, that I've ever given or, or received. that I've received. Yeah. Either. Either. Uh, what do you live well, by? Well, they both uh, go hand in hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be a little, uh, I'll, I'll just say it. Um, yeah, the let's best, hear it. The best came from my grandmother, R.I.P. Um, she said that dick comes dime a dozen. Nice. Uh, <laughs> meaning that like. I love the sentiment. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of fish in the sea, essentially. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then the best advice I've ever given is, is dick, is the dick worth death? Because <laughs> of COVID? Because of COVID. I, first of all, audience, we want to stress that we mean the metaphorical term of dick. The answer is no. Speaking of no, can I say that one of my best advices is no is a complete sentence? Oh, yeah. yeah you love that one. No is a you, complete That's your favorite. Sentence. Your other favorite is no decision is a decision. Yes. You love that one. No is a complete sentence Oof. and no decision is a decision. That one. Mm. Sorry. Do you like it? I hate it. Sorry. <laughs> Waiting too long to make a decision no, is a decision. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Make a decision. Well, obviously, the, the point you. there is that you're supposed... Yes, the point is, is that it's supposed to motivate you to make a decision. Uh, that's like making me crawl, my skin crawl. Well, <laughs> it's the school of hard knocks over here, Melissa. <laughs> no, I'm like, make a decision. Of course. So that, I think you're misinterpreting it. The advice <sighs> is that you have to make a decision because otherwise you're going to get stuck with the decision of a non-decision. Correct. So it... It By is not pro- deciding, you are deciding. And therefore, make an, inf- and make therefore an actual make a decision. Fucking choice. Yes. Okay. I do want to mention one other thing that I think about all the time, which is my therapist would always encourage me to walk through the world with grace. Oh, right. You've said that. And I love that because like, to me, that's not like, oh, like that, like I look graceful or anything. To me, it's like I show compassion. I'm kind. I'm not petty. I'm not, you know, like that I walk through the world like my best self. Um, and I love that one. Yeah, that's cool for you. I love to be petty. If you would like any sort of pettiness, shit talking, gossip, please bring it my way. <laughs> I love gossip. <laughs> yeah, well, Gemini's do love to gossip. What is our what do we rate this incredible 100th episode? Oh my god, 100 out of 100, baby. Yeah, 100 <gasps> stars. Yeah, okay, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that we've really come into who what this show is, who this show is, and I love that. I love that for us. I love that for us. I'm blessed <laughs> to be a part of it. Oh, Melissa, Aww. we are blessed to have you. Aww. 100%. Oh my god. Okay. You brought it back to the 100. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you come back on Friday because we're going to be joined by Merlin Tuttle to talk all about bats and why they're awesome. Just Between Us is a Forever Dog production hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. 
And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Also, you can find clips of this podcast at youtube.com slash just between us show. And you can follow this podcast on Instagram at JBU Podcast. Also follow me at Gabby Road and Allison at Allison Raskin and at Emotional Support Lady. And uh, our merch is at gabbydunn.com slash shop. And Allison's Patreon is called Emotional Support Lady. <gasps> Woo! Great work. <laughs> Forever! Ah!